We'll put your Batman casting opinions aside and settle in for a couple of hours of toy goodness. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 80, for the week of Wednesday, the 28th of August, 2013. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Justin. This episode is brought to you by ShelfLife.net and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is Sideshow's Deadpool Premium Format statue, and our discussion topic is a toy history of Marvel's She-Hulk with special guest Reese O'Brien. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Very good. Good, thank you. We're octogenarians now, you know. We've got we eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so. I wonder well. my back hurts. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing, doing well to be up this late, I reckon. <laughs> now, Ju- right. Justin, how are you? We haven't heard from you for a little while. I'm very good. I really don't have much to report um basically just we're going on that cruise in a few weeks oh yes so we're just doing little things like uh organizing south pacific francs and things like that at the moment (laughs) where exactly are you cruising to we are going to well the the big destination is fiji but we're going to a couple of uh, islands in the south pacific um we are going to where are we going isle of pines mystery island and a stop at numia as well so, and is this children included or? Yes, oh, will awesome. be children included. So we have adjoining rooms, and kids are very excited. And we're just yeah, like I said, getting all the cozies and all those kind of things ready. Beautiful. Apparently, when you're teenager, you have to have the newest <laughs> cozies and stuff like that. You know, you can't oh, be caught in last season, last season fashions. Mm. Apparently, <laughs> when you're fourteen, it's very very important. <laughs> <laughs> On a cruise with no one that you'll ever see again. Exactly. Yeah, very important. <laughs> and uh, Ben, what about your good self? Oh, I've been a single man this week. Oh. Mrs. Shake has been away for work for most of the week. So it's just been me and Meat Grinder. And uh, it's been pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she won't listen to this episode, so I can get away with saying that. Okay, radio. Right yeah. <laughs> but it's really awesome. You, you, it's like Monday, you, you cook up a big batch of food, something that you know you really like, but your partner doesn't. And in this case, Mrs. Shake doesn't like peanuts, so I cooked a huge batch of um, like satay beef, and you just like eat nothing but for the next four days and. <laughs> Towards the end, I felt like Homer Simpson, you know, that episode of The Simpsons with his big hoagie sandwich? Yep. <laughs> He's like, how long can you get away with eating leftovers for? It's like, I probably shouldn't have this four nights in a row. Oh it's like, oh, how can I stay mad at you? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so funny. Good. I've done the exact same thing before when the family have been away in Perth. Um I have kids, maybe the only kids in the world that don't eat spaghetti bolognese. What? I know. It is ridiculous. That's so crazy. Went, right, okay, Monday night, the biggest batch of spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't leave it uncovered for four days. I froze it. But oh, very I good. Yep. Yep. No. four days in a row. It was fantastic. Do you know what I do? Because yeah, I, like, I can't bring myself to eat the same you know thing kind of two nights in a row. But I cook when they're away, and I portion the rest of it up and freeze it for lunches for work. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. So do you like a curry or something? And then I've got special little containers that are just kind of right portion size for um, freezing. Although in the new job, we have the um, world's most uh, environmentally friendly microwave because it just i don't think there's actually any microwaves happening i think it's just a couple of little (laughs) elves blowing mildly warm air on it um so it's like a you know it's not like i'll just zap that in the microwave it's like oh now i'd like to eat in an hour so um i better start putting this in the microwave um (laughs) but no it was also a good opportunity to catch up watch a bunch of movies that um i know that i'll be the only one that likes so I watched a um, a crap ton of horror movies, which has been really good. Oh, very good. So mm. yeah, so nah, that was probably the highlight of my week. Excellent. About you, sir? Oh, I have been in the land of injured children. Um, n- none, none at my hand. I should, I should say, but we've got. I'm, I'm a basket. Yeah. Call I'm the a, authorities. <laughs> <laughs> I am a basketball parent and a horse riding parent, and so we have a. A pulled hamstring from basketball, oh. and then we have a bruised everything oh. um, from a big fall at horse riding today. Oh. So, mm. but that's all part of the. But the, my both my kids ride, and they're getting up to starting show jumping, mm. and so it's just fraught. You know, I get these phone calls, and it's like, now before I tell you what happened, I'm okay. Oh. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Can I quickly tell you about my one and only horse riding story, please? <laughs> So when when uh, Mrs. Al and I were first courting, we went we went on a on a day trail, and uh, we went to uh, the Blue Mountains. So a nice sort of hilly area that just right for a beginner. Um, get in, they go, okay, you've never ridden a horse. Here's the oldest one in the world. Ride this horse. Okay, beautiful. So I'm at the end, and it's like a gully. Uh, anyone that knows anything about horses, they will go slowly into a gully because it's underfoot they're not sure and then they'll um gallop straight out of the gully mm-hmm. so no one told me this <laughs> so i'm riding the horse it goes slowly down um and takes off i'm not ready for it i fall off my foot gets stuck in the stirrup oh no and i'm being dragged along the side of this horse uh, for about 100 meters oh no <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So I got off, I threw the uh, helmet, are they helmet with some special name, and just went, no, I don't care how far it is, I'll be walking back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Never to ride a horse again. Uh, well, you know, it's it, it's actually quite a good, um, like for kids, it's a good resilience thing because, you know, literally, like, you know, you, you have to get back on. And <laughs> and so it's a, it's a good... Um, unless you're Justin. Unless you're Justin. Yes. But, you know, and so... But you know, their, their perspective on it is so funny because they're like, you know, it wasn't Sal's fault. You know, yeah, Sal's yeah. the horse. They're like, it wasn't his fault. He's like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's good as long as there's no permanent damage. But the youngest one, I reckon, is going to be incredibly sore tomorrow. She's hobbling mm-hmm. around like an old man today. So once she sleeps on it, she'll probably be... <laughs> we'll, we'll have to kind of... Um, you know, warm her up in a, a nice bath to get the muscles going, but that's all the joys of it. Well, we have got a lot to do tonight. We 
are going to be joined by Reese O'Brien, our friend and Funko designer, later in the show, um, to do a She-Hulk toy history, which we're looking forward to. Um, I thought I should just mention that we did actually advertise a Robin toy history a couple weeks ago, um, which got shelled for the Toy Guru interview. And then this uh, Reese is a big She-Hulk fan, as am I. And so this has been something that we've been chatting about for a while, and his availability just happened to be that this was the episode for it. So we haven't forgotten about Robin. We haven't forgotten about our DC friends, even though we've been extremely Marvel the last couple of weeks. Um, so Robin will come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we should get on with it, and let's get started with some articulated news. Armor up, Iron Man! Engage interlock mechanics! Armor up, War Machine! Hydro Armor, Iron Man, and action figures, each sold separately. Well, as usual, we start the show with a bit of news. We don't try and cover everything that's out there. Articulated News is our take on the latest events and announcements and things that we like and don't like that have happened out there. So these are just the things that caught our eye this week. And Ben, you are going to start us off tonight. I am indeed. Thank you very much. And I'm going to start off with, I mean, we've seen a few of these, um, and they are the Predator one-to-one scale masks or, or prop replicas. Uh, we've seen a few over the last sort of probably two years, um, but the latest one that's been solicited by Kota Bukia is the uh, Guardian Predator from Predator 2. The Guardian Predator is actually one of the uh, Predator clan at the end of the film that you see in the spaceship. Um, this one's particularly detailed, so I think anyone who's actually interested in Predators will probably um, take a liking to this one, and I think if anyone was into sort of cosplay or anything like that, this one would save you an awful lot of work instead of having to make it yourself. Um, very cool. It's made by someone called Cool Props, which I think is um, coming via Kotobukaya and Kotobukia. Oh, there we go again. Anyway. Do you want to... I, I don't think you pronounce it every possible way. Do you want to have another word? <laughs> Kodakapugaya? Uh, look, I only say it differently just because I know it upsets you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> is this the one made out of Lego? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got to turn that in a stereo. I can't, I can't hear you over sure. <laughs> anyway. This Justin piece, walked out uh, of Pacific Rim. <laughs> I'm just trying to take the attention off me. <laughs> uh, let me just finish off this last little piece to say that uh, th- these aren't cheap pieces. They'll set you back about four hundred US dollars. Holy um, Julie, I was that was going to be my question: is how much are these? Yeah, they're pretty expensive. I mean, this one comes with a really nice detailed base. I mean, I I really don't know just how you know robust they would be to use but i think the thing that's always been a bit odd and why i've as a, as a predator fan it's never really taken my interest is you just there's just not enough to them that they're effectively just a faceplate so yeah. you know unless you're some filthy hippie who just happens to have really long dreadlocks <laughs> um and you could you know not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> well you know if you've got the long dreadlocks this is a, a really it's an easy piece then isn't it because the rest of your costume is pretty much there is so, it wearable so. Oh, not easily. I mean, some of them do come with straps, but um, a lot of the time they're just presentation pieces. Creepy. Oh, yeah. I have a confession to make. <gasps> I've never seen Predator 2. 
Oh, jeez. What, what is what? it with the movies and the insults tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Even I have seen that. Uh, I've yeah. seen it every other incarnation. I just haven't seen Predator 2. Honestly. What's the reason? Go, going on to this next news. Isn't Predator 2 like the best it's one? dead to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, you know, they have their own, you know, they, they have their merits. Okay. Anyway, moving on, and uh, we're going to talk about a movie that everyone in the entire world liked except Justin. <laughs> Um, and that is Pacific Rim. And Becca have continued their run of Pacific Rim items, and they haven't just gone for the 7-inch action figures. They're going for the 18-inch action figures, and they seem to be really picking up their 18-inch uh, figure output. Um, I mean, it was pretty exciting hearing about the Avengers stuff, but um, now they've actually announced a knifehead 18-inch figure, and he's actually gigantic because the, the creature actually has effectively six limbs. Uh, <gasps> That makes him or run. Or he would if he were John real. Ormus. Well, yes, if he were real. I just don't want to get, you know, more hate mail. That's right. Yeah. So this is actually a really amazing looking piece. It's pretty, uh, it's kind of, I wonder if it would actually push it over the $100 mark. Normally these things Whoa. come in at around sort of the $80 to $90, but um, I think this is going to be a pretty giant piece. And, you know, if you listen to Toy Guru, plastic's not cheap. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> but sticky. With Pacific Rim news, Sideshow have solicited their latest piece for Pacific Rim, and that is the Slatten statue. Um, Slatten is actually the Category 5 kaiju, so he's the absolutely gigantic one. And I can't tell you just how accurate the size is here, but this guy comes in at around nearly two foot tall. Oh, my goodness. This one, so it's a, a gigantic statue. But, um, I mean, he is on a display base. He comes on a really huge underwater rock base that, you know, Justin would have seen if he actually had stayed to the end. But he didn't, so. Spoilers. But, but, but moving on. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I wonder how much that's going to cost. Yeah. I wonder how much it's going to weigh. Just think about the shipping to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this is going to be a pretty huge piece. So. Uh, but it's pretty impressive. Look, it looks like the detailing is just insane with the, the colouring on the uh, sort of the scales and the skin tones, etc. Very impressive looking piece. So, and, you know, it represents a pretty nifty monster from a pretty nifty movie. Well, there you go. All right, well, Justin, your okay. news. I don't have anything good as uh, Pacific Rim news, but I have something oh. from Pop Culture Shock Collectibles. <laughs> They've announced the Skeletor life-size bust. Uh, this bad boy comes with a uh, real fabric hood. The size is incredible, 29 inches uh, by 23 by 14. Uh, limited to 300 pieces, and the cost, $675 US. Uh, there's also a variant which features light-up eyes. So wow. start saving your bickies now because uh, the variant only comes in 125 pieces, so it's limited to 125 pieces for the same price as well. So, I mean, it's a striking figure. The details are incredible, especially on the face. But, it's actually uh, a very impressive piece. It is. I wonder how that fabric hood is going to wear. Over time, yeah. Like, it, it, it just... What, see- as in, like, would it match your eyes, kind of? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly what I was thinking. Oh, was you're thinking. talking about durability. Yes. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I can see it being, like, a real dust magnet as well, yeah. mm. just from the type of fabric it looks like it is. Yeah. I have that funny thing with velvet as well. I can't touch it. Makes my uh, blood run cold. So just you, on that basis, I can't you, buy it. You have a velvet phobia. Uh, yeah, it's that and cotton wool. 
<laughs> I can't touch the <laughs> and also the flower. It's because the seats in the cinema that he was watching Pacific Rim, they were made of velvet. So. What, what did you say, flower? Yeah, flower out of the um, – when it touches the um, paper bag it comes in, when those two things rub together <laughs> and my finger goes on top of me, I can't do it. It's like uh, fingers down, blackboard time. That is bizarre. Yeah, I know. My kids chase me with um, cotton wool. It's <laughs> like <laughs> my kryptonite. <laughs> So much about Justin. Oh, wow. They do it in they do it in such great ways too. They fill up my glove box or something like that, and then I'll say, "Oh, Dad, can you pass um, something like my glasses out of the <laughs> glove box?" And I'll go to reach my hand in, and it'll be full of uh, cotton wool. Evil. And I'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious." <laughs> okay, um, moving on to the. I think we we're talking about juice. action figures. No, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> that, that's continue, another episode. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing on with sort of, I guess, any license these days, we have news that uh, we are getting Dukes of Hazard figures in the Mego, uh, sorry, Mego uh, style format. These are twelve-inch. Figures. Uh, the first wave will feature a boss hog. I think there's. Uh, I think it says they're going to be eight and twelve, but these are the twelve inch ones we're seeing now. Mm. Yeah. So these are the sort of the mega mm. ones. We have uh, boss hog. We have um, Clark Kent's dad. Uh, we have Luke <laughs> Duke, and we also have Roscoe P. Coltrane. Remember that mm. when you used to uh, say that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to say, uh, th- these um, head sculpts are pretty awesome. Yeah. They but really are. They're pretty good likenesses. They've got that retro feel to them as well. Yeah. They do. And and what's the actor's name again? Um, Clark Instant. Jonathan. No, not Jonathan. John, John Schneider. John Schneider, that's it. Yeah. He's putting the um the sort of hair flick that you see in the modern teenage boys walking around to shame. Oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> should true, be yeah. getting royalties for that. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, um, they're, they're really well done. I mean, it's not my thing, but no. if you can... Yeah, if the, if you were hankering after these, even just like the quality of the clothing and that sort of thing, it looks really sure. impressive. Boss a little off. He should be a bit shorter, but I yeah. won't take anything. Though. It must be a very hard likeness to um, get in that format. Yeah. Isn't say. it amazing that Mattel can't sell figures based on Batman and Superman, yet this company's bringing out, you know, retro Dukes of Hazard figures? <laughs> I don't even know where to begin no. on that. Really, we'll get so, to that. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> sort of test market for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, something to finish off. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Mezco uh, this week have announced that we're getting a uh, Walter White in his green hazmat suit. Um, this is also a limited summer exclusive. It's limited to 500 pieces, uh, available online as well as the New York Comic Con in October. So it also says a little tagline here, I'm cheating a bit, supplies are limited, so tread lightly. So if this is something you have to have in your collection, um, go for it. He comes with his um, well, his, his glasses and he's also his, uh, what do you call them, mixing containers. Yeah. That we've seen in the series. It's Impressive hazmat suit sculpting. Definitely. Yeah, Impressive uh, face as well. It's yeah. really almost spot on. Mezco are the kings of the variants. Uh, I just can't believe you look at some of their series like uh, Hellboy and Mm. there's just 58 variants uh, of everything. So, I mean, I think we've seen Walter in his other 
hazmat suit. Yeah. We just haven't yes. seen the green one before. That's right. So that's why this is you know Walter in green hazmat suit as opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I don't watch this show. Is there a um, a storyline relevance to the green or? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, not that I can think of. Watch you. Oh, sorry. It says here that um, Walter in his green suit, as seen as the episode, no rough stuff type deal. Okay. Perhaps there is an episode that features him in his green hazmat suit. There you go. Well, speaking of TV action figures, uh, The Walking Dead, we talked about the announcement of Walking Dead Series 5 last week. We've now seen final pictures of uh, Walking Dead Series 4 TV action figures. So this is the series that has... Andrea, the governor, Carl, Riot Gear Zombie, and Riot Gear Gas Mask Zombie. Um, and they look great. One thing that I was interested in is that in the promo pick for this, it also has uh, Daryl. It's got Merle, which is the figure that we've seen. But then it has Daryl and Rick. And... But I'm wondering if those are actually the figures that already came out because they the ones that I've seen um, out in the wild certainly did not look as good as the ones in that that picture. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'd like to think maybe that means we're going to get a better Daryl and Rick. Um, but these are great. The Andrea figure is awesome. Great likenesses, and yeah. Well, can I ask a question? Yes. How did like the gas mask zombie get turned into a zombie? Like he's covered from head to toe in like riot gear, so he's fully kitted out in all this armor and padding and stuff. Maybe he was shot in the hand or something. And bled to death. Anyway, just thought I'd ask. Yeah, does, does he have a um, helmet on or? No, well, it it's like one of them. No, I don't know whether there's a helmet, but he's certainly got the gas mask that includes the um, the, the shield for the eyes, etc. Maybe he got shot in the back of the head. Because mm. you remember, you don't have to be bitten to turn. No, no. Yeah. Right. So. Hmm. There you go. Yep. No, Lori. I, uh, I want a Lori. Why? She's a hussy. <gasps> but because she's an important character. Yeah. <gasps> no love for Lori. Okay. No. There you go. Or, or Andrea the Quitter. <sighs> yeah, true. No love for Andrea. The Quitter. No. The Quitter? Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Uh... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. <gasps> she didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't quit. Okay. Um, now... On to something that uh, Adam, I know, will probably be ordering. And <laughs> this is the latest in the SH Figure Arts Sailor Moon series, and they have announced Sailor Mars. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> You've been hanging out for that one, haven't you, Ben? I've been, I've been waiting for this. Uh, yeah, I've seen you, um, you know, picketing outside the SH Figure Arts offices saying, where's our Sailor Mars? Is there a Sailor Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of get away with this because Adam's not here. <laughs> sailor Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, just playing. 
just glad we got an action figure of this character because I got so sick and tired of, you know, getting my fill from just watching the show and going as her as cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I only put this in because Adam shared on our Facebook page this week that he had ordered the Sailor uh, Moon and Sailor something, I don't know. Pluto or whatever. No, she doesn't exist anymore. Oh. <laughs> she still exists. She's just not a planet. Yeah, she's been she's been demoted. Um, so, but I mean, these are. I think it's cool though that uh, something like that is getting action figures. Do you? you know? I do. I mean, I don't have any Sailor Moon love, but if you're into it, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's awesome. And it's figure art, so you definitely get your money's worth. There's exactly. like usually interchangeable hands and faces and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So very good. And then last but not least, the final chapter in the sad saga that was the D- uh, DC Club Infinite Earths, um, as anyone who is interested in this stuff would know by now, the subscription for 2014 did not meet his target, its target and has been cancelled. So, mm-hmm. What uh, happens with the refunds? Uh, they, they posted on Facebook the other day saying that they're being processed to the next couple Oh, of really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that would mean the actual death then because they thought that uh, they wouldn't want to give money back. They would um, oh, exactly. actually try and, you know, put that money towards whatever plans they may have. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if that is the end of those... Um, that line, those bucks, or if they'll come out in another way. I'd be very surprised if we don't see that doomsday, the, the tier two doomsday in some form. Um, but, you know, and I think that it's the kind of figure that enough people had wanted that they probably could put a decent price tag on it on a pre order and people would pay for it. Um, yeah. So I hope they do. Um, but, you know, like I said last week, I'm, I'm not actually. I, I'm sad. But I'm not sad that it's dead because they really d- didn't handle it as well as they could have. If it if it dies with 2013, the final figure that will come out in in this line is Batzaro, and I think it just says it all. It just says it all. In fact, I'm seriously considering organizing a campaign to get people to do horrible things to their Batzaros and post <laughs> and post photos of it online. Yeah, we'll have a Batzaro custom con. Yeah, we should. Or, or, what, yeah. Why don't they? Um, so, okay, look, we've heard you about Batzaro. Oh. Because you got fire. Why don't we put ice as the last uh, exactly. figure that you'll get? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> Except for the factory, that um, warehouse of Batzaros sitting there forevermore. That's right. Actually, you know something constructive should do is. Organize a you know campaign just to encourage people to give their batzaros to seeing as it's coming out at Christmas you know t- don't just let your batzaro collect collect dust wrap it up and stick it in the children's charity bin yeah <laughs> that's what I'll do with mine charity bin charity what? bin being the uh, yeah don't put it in the bin oh sorry that's probably sorry no 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 I'm saying just you know, that wasn't a call to throw your batzaro no, away sorry in Australia <laughs> that's an Australianism. Yes, that doesn't mean throw it in the rubbish bin. That means give it to charity. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that's about all I want to talk about about that ever. <laughs> uh, and the, and the um, Club Ecto, Ecto-1 didn't get up either, so there you go. Mm-hmm. And on that happy note, <laughs> we shall wrap up the news 
and we'll be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Welcome back, friends and followers. This is Engineer Nerd, a.k.a. John, back with another installment of Name That. Last time you heard a commercial sound. And this one was a little different because it was foreign, at least for me. And we'll listen to that right here. From arm-to-arm combat to chemical and nuclear power. Now it's come to wizard warfare. Codenamed... A shattering new weapon that seizes control of the human mind. On the surface, it looks like just any ordinary... If you'd guess this was from Australia, you'd be correct. And it was for a wizard cube or, as it was known here in the States, um, a Rubik's Cube. Now, this was the KTEL version, so I don't know if this was just a uh, another version of Rubik's Cube, but it was a definitely a Rubik's Cube commercial, and I'm wondering if any of you guys are going to pick up or remember this commercial. Um, moving on to this week's sound, we're going back a little bit in time to a line that I really hadn't heard of until I saw the commercial, so uh, this one's kind of out there for me. Um, hopefully maybe some of you guys will know it, and we'll take a listen to that right here. Ramming speed! Riding for air against the tyrants of wind! away! And one more time. Ramming speed! Riding for air against the tyrants of wind! away! You guys know how this game works by now. You make guesses, we tell you if you're right or wrong, and... You make those guesses over at afbforum.com and find the name that thread. Um, as always, you can come over on Tuesdays, Thursdays, play the picture version, because we've got some, some kookiness going on there. And Once you see the picture, go on back over to AFB Forum, and you can still get your forum points that you can cash in for um, a cup of coffee at any participating um, coffee shop of your choice. Um, but it has to be between 12 and 12.01 a.m. on a full moon night. So uh, check that out. And as always, um, enjoy and keep guessing. Peace out, people. From arm-to-arm combat to chemical and nuclear power, now it's come to Wizard Warfare, codenamed the KTEL Wizard Cube Puzzle. A shattering new weapon that seizes control of the human mind. On the surface, it looks like just any ordinary cube. With parts that twist this way and this way. Mix the colors and just you try and get it back together again. <laughs> Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. We take turns taking one toy or collectible and looking at it in detail. It could be a new release, or it could be something old or strange from our collection. And speaking of old and strange things, Ben, you have the Toy of the Week tonight. So over to you. I resemble our remark. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, kind of. Mm. Um, <laughs> this week, I'm going to be talking about Deadpool. 
And Deadpool is the latest figure to come from Sideshow Collectibles in their premium format scale. Um, this guy was solicited, as usual, Sideshow solicits well in advance. Uh, and I was a little hesitant at first. I have been collecting um, the majority of the X-Men in their premium format uh, series, but I sort of hesitated on Deadpool just because he sits that far outside the, the main X characters. Um, but I decided it looked pretty good from the solicitation solicitation pictures that I'd seen, so I thought I'd go for it, and I happened to get in early enough to get the exclusive version. So this guy came out a couple of weeks ago, so that was probably late July uh, 2013. He's in the premium format statue. Now, we used to always talk about the premium format statue as including fabric and things like that. Um, That doesn't seem to be the case anymore, but in this particular instance, the statue does come with sort of actual fabric accessories. So he's in the quarter scale, so that means that including the base, he's about 19 inches tall to the top of his tilted head, so he's sort of um, leaning to one side with his, his head. That doesn't include his gun or his sword. So that's a, a bit under 50 centimetres tall, about 48 centimetres. Um, he will set you back around 350 US dollars. Uh, but unfortunately, the exclusive version has long since sold out and has already started going up on the secondary market. So if you wanted the exclusive, you might be in a bit of trouble. Um, as far as the packaging goes, this is your regular sideshow boxed, um, I guess, two-piece foam tray statue. The only thing that's a little bit different is normally with a bow statue there's a lot of graphics uh, a lot of titles and that sort of thing um sideshow have tended to sort of shy away from that recently with their statues uh, for instance the storm statue just had the logo with some lightning on it um the deadpool statue they've decided to think outside the box a little bit and they've actually shaped the because it's a very big box being a quarter scale statue but the box is effectively stenciled to be uh, Deadpool's torso. So around the bottom of the box, all the way around, they've got Deadpool's pouches uh, and there's things like that. And it's actually a lot of fun because... Um, you know, there's little Deadpool quips, you know, pointing to some of the pouches as to, you know, what might be inside them, you know, such as incriminating photos of your mom and that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of fun and it's That's a nice cool. change from just some of the, you know, the, the planer boxes that we've seen recently. Yeah. Um, so good thing about this, it's a two-piece foam tray. Uh, some of the statues we've had recently, like the Storm, had the three. So this one's fairly straightforward um, because of the way Deadpool, the way they've done the statue, it's all fairly straightforward forward there's no sort of complex weird pieces that that need to be carefully put in out sort of the, the heads just go in little holes and the hands go in little holes so it's all sort of quite easy so as far as being collector friendly yeah this was one that uh, you won't actually struggle to get back in the box hmm. now as far as the sculpt goes this is sculpted by matt butler and walter o'neill um and the the good thing about it is The sculpt combines a lot of the classic and modern elements of Deadpool. So he has changed quite a bit over the years from that sort of very first appearance when he was drawn by Rob Liefeld in in, um, New Mutants. Um, 
there's sort of elements of classic and modern in the sense that the pouches are there, um, which and the, and the straps around his ankles and his wrists, etc. But he sort of has that new modern piping look along the seams of his costume. Um, being a premium format in this particular case means that he actually has um, sort of that that material. So the belt that goes around his waist is actually made of that sort of you know pretend leather type stuff. The silver harness which is sort of that sort of, you know a more recent addition to his costume with all the pouches is actually made of material as well a combination it's material and plastic but the pouches all move and slide up and down um he actually has um the extra um you know holsters and stuff like that so he's got a knife on his right leg and that knife is actually removable the back of the silver harness has two loops and there's two katanas that are included so he's got two swords that you can slide in the back and so they're sort of fairly free and easy to pose um in a few different ways they're not actually removable so you can't actually take the swords out from from the scabbards um, now, so as far as the sculpt goes, what I really, really like about it is this is Deadpool. He's a quirky character. He's quite over the top now. And I think they've really managed to capture that with the statues. So he comes with two different heads. Um, you get the, the sort of the classic Rob Liefeld head with the, the, the circle, the, you know, the black parts of his red mask are actually circles. And so it's fairly minimalist as far as lines and that sort of thing goes. And then you get the more modern mask that has that sort of more, you know, effectively a diamond-shaped look to the the black parts of his mask and the, the piping that goes over the top with the little, I don't know, the little tail that hangs off the back of his head. So you really do get the the two, you know, the best of both worlds. Um, one thing to note with the heads is they're not actually posed exactly the same. The more modern head actually leans a bit further to one side, so his head sort of cocked a bit further. Um, that sort of pose is also represented in the mask, so one eye is a little more open than the other, so you get that sort of almost as if there should be some kind of word balloon, you know, that he's, he's thinking something crazy as he does. Hmm. Um the other thing that really sells this statue and something that almost put me off getting it at first, and that was the gun in his left hand. And the reason is I'm, I have a familiarity with firearms. I, I quite enjoy, um, you know, understanding sort of weapons and things like that. And so I took one look at the gun and thought, what on earth is that? What have they given him? And it's something that's completely made up. It's this ridiculous revolver um, that, you know, clearly has a cylinder where the bullets go, but then it's also got a magazine sticking out of it. And you're just thinking, what? What on earth is going on? But once you see it, once you get it, once you put it together, you can tell that it's just something else that just makes Deadpool Deadpool. It's quirky, it's odd, uh, it's over the top, and, you know, that just helps sell the character. So... That really helps with the pose as well. He's got the gun up, the quirky sort of posed head, etc. Um, and and I really like it now that I've actually you know got it in hand. So moving on, um, you've got sort of zero articulation, but you've got the interchangeable heads now because I actually have the exclusive. You get the swap out right hand. The normal right hand is just holding um, a regular pistol, sort of a, a standard automatic pistol, whereas the exclusive has the chicken. Yeah, the the chicken, which was, which was quite amusing, and was one of the things that really did um, tip me over. And 
you know, a rubber chicken, it just says Deadpool. Um, that's just, you know, one of those wacky things. This rubber chicken from the front just looks like he's holding a rubber chicken and it's fine, but when you actually turn it around, there's dynamite stuck up its butt. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the thinking was in deciding to do that, but it is actually a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm glad they did it because it's it's quite um, quite quirky and, and to sort of really show off that cartoon element, the fact that, you know, it's got a little cross where the eye is to show that it's you know deceased etc um the the standout for this definitely has to be the painting uh the the I don't know quite sort of how they've achieved it. I mean, very recently, maybe the last sort of 12 months, there's been some statues out from a number of companies that have very, very serious paint issues, whether it be, um, you know, paint slop or um, cracking and things like that and chipping, et cetera. And so I must admit, every time I get a new statue, that's the thing that I'm always worried about the most. When I unpack a statue and get, you know, get it out and on display, I'm always concerned that, you know, just is there going to be a problem with the paint? Um, and I have to say, this is one of the best statues um, that I've ever bought as far as paint goes. It is absolutely wow. flawless. There is virtually no slop anywhere. Like where, where the black meets the red, it is just spot on. But they've also used sort of an airbrush technique to highlight the red. So it's you'd almost think it's got a dark wash over the red, but it's actually because they've airbrushed it. And so the red really stands out and it's... It's much more noticeable on the modern mask than it is the classic mask. Um, but there's just the little touches, like, for example, most of the statue is matte, so the, the black and the red is, is done in a matte finish, but the eyes have uh, a really strong, glossy, you know, like a clear gloss over the eyes, and that really contrasts well with the mask. So the painting, uh, sorry, the paint is, is just beautiful on this piece. Um, one of the things that is actually quite interesting is the base. What they've been doing, Sideshow have been doing with their X-Men premium format statues, um, has been doing inconsistent bases. So, for example, I've got Colossus and Rogue, and they both come on a very, very basic disc base with, you know, the X logo on it. Um, it's just a round base with a black and red X logo. It's very plain. Yet the Wolverine statue, the Storm statue, they all come on a scenic base. So they've got sort of the whole, I think Cyclops as well, who I don't have, come on sort of a, a terrain base. Um, so that's a bit unfortunate. This one actually has a combination. So you've got the round disc base, but they've actually sculpted what are effectively bullets, uh, like sort of, you know, pistol rounds right around the outside rim. And, and that's a lot of fun. It actually looks really good. And to sort of match that X logo that they've done on people like Colossus, they've got the Deadpool logo on the base. And, and so it, you know, it really works well with this particular figure, I think. Um, the base is actually hollow. Uh, that's something that we starting to see a lot more statues these days i think it's not just a cost thing i think it's a weight thing as well um despite the statue being fairly heavy the base actually supports it really really well so it doesn't affect the stability of it not at all no yeah. but it's surprisingly light it's um you know it's it's obviously a hard plastic um so what else we get Does the that um, not, I think originally it did when I, when I sort of got, got my first hollow base, I just sort of thought, well, hang on, this stuff is meant to be polystone or it's meant to be poly resin or something like that. You know, I'm meant to be getting this, you know, these are collectible porcelain statues, but hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ripped off here because this is actually plastic. 
Um, but I mean, really, you know, do, do you actually want the polystone base and pay an extra $15 in shipping because of the weight? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, no. And I mean, it, you know, it makes it easier, obviously, because these statues are so big. If you're putting them in display cases, particularly a glass display case, I mean, a hardened steel is, oh, sorry, hardened glass, um, is, you know, is quite strong, but you've always got that extra element of worry, I guess, you know, putting these, you know, these statues, they're, they're not light by any means. So I think it works quite well. So really, in the scheme of things, he does actually come with quite a bit of stuff. So you, the accessories are the two swords. Um, his both hands actually come separate, so you actually have to pop those on. They're held in with magnets. Um, you've got the swap-out right hand with the exclusive and obviously the swap-out heads. Um, and, of course, you, know, you can attach the, the knife and stuff on his right leg. So I'm absolutely blown away by just how good this statue was. I mean, I decided to pull the trigger because I, I was really impressed with the sort of the design. Um, all the elements are there that I, I like with Deadpool. I like the you know the the costume that they've chosen, etc. I think it, it all looks very impressive. So really, um, I I'm actually having a hard time faulting it. Uh, I, I don't, do it, Ben. Do it. I don't, I don't want do to. It. It's a twelve, it. isn't it? It's a twelve. You do it. It'd be easier 12. if Justin wasn't on the show. Twelve, twelve. I just, um, you know, look, I, I might take. No. <laughs> I, look, I'm going to take half. Um, I'm going to take yes. half a dollar yes. off because of the cost. Oh, uh, I, what? I, I mean, the, these things are valid point. Valid point. <laughs> these things aren't cheap. We've got to ship them out to Australia now. Sideshow use FedEx, and FedEx is a lot more expensive than, than USPS, etc. Um, so I think this guy was in the range of about seventy US dollars to ship to Australia, which is great because it's FedEx, so you get it in about four, maybe five days tops. So you can track it, and it's unlike USPS, the tracking is actually up to date. But you know, once you get it to your doorstep, you're talking about a very, very expensive piece. And so, you know, you, for that kind of money, you really are expecting, you know, the best. And it just so happens in this particular case, I think Sideshow has actually delivered. It's it's a really amazing piece and glad to have him in my collection. So I'm going to give him nine and a half out of ten dollars. Uh, can I ask one question? <laughs> you Is can. The pictures you've provided there, obviously, from... Um, from the website, um, the stitch work is that is that off putting? Is it as pronounced as it is as it is in the pictures? Um, I I wouldn't really. It, it doesn't stand out to me at all. You mean where the the black and the red meet? Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't really notice it at all, to be honest. In fact, I hadn't really noticed it much until you pointed it out. <laughs> oh, another half point. <laughs> no, no, it, does, it doesn't affect my my opinion at all. Um, okay. I mean, just, you know, every little element to it works. Like, you know, on his calves, et cetera, or sort of, should I say his shins, you've got sort of the wrinkles in the costume. They're all sculpted in. Um, you know, his belt buckle, which is sort of the, the little Deadpool logo, works really well because it's glossy, so it, it contrasts really nicely with the red on the rest of the costume. Um, even things like the finish on, on his guns is all done really well in that sort of that gunmetal grey. It's uh, It really is a beautiful piece. Huh. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben, and um, great acquisition, great review. We will be right back in a moment to talk about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet, but the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! 
Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs> well, the whole reason that we do this show is because we collect stuff... And Feeding the Addiction is where we talk about what we have collected in the last week or so. So, Justin, over to you first. That's some really boring news. I haven't really gotten uh, much acquisition since the time of the last show was recorded, actually, that I was on. Um, I did pick up the um, DC Injustice Gods Among Us game today. Oh, any good? Uh, yeah, it's not bad, actually. It's funny because um, obviously can't let my son play it. It's quite violent, but... <laughs> I showed him the character selection, and I said, if you could be one hero, who would you be? Do you want to have a guess who he picked? Mm. (laughs) Aquaman. No. Uh. Wonder Woman. No. (laughs) He chose Captain Marvel. And this is the, in this game, is the hooded Captain Marvel as well, so. Oh, there you go. Straight from. Apparently, he looks the coolest. Yeah. I've played the, my daughter has got the iPad app because it's a free. Like, there's a free iPad version. Yeah. And, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that, um, you know, I, I'm not really a gamer, but I, I do enjoy the superhero games just for the seeing how they do the characters and stuff. And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty well done. And there's actually more. <laughs> One thing that often annoys me about superhero video games is that, you don't actually really get to use their powers. It's all just fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this actually has, you know, it's mostly fighting, but it does have actually more character-specific powers in it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, which I quite liked. And Aquaman is probably the best in the game. Mm-hmm. He, you can use his trident a lot in the yep. battles, and it's it's quite fun. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, Mr. Ben, what about you? Let me, I forgot to mention last week that I got my DC Infernal Crisis Captain Marvel Jr. Uh, he's actually a pretty good figure. I, yeah. I seem to yeah. remember that there was a lot of people online bitching about him, but I think maybe they're just the people who like to bitch about every Mattel DC figure. But I think the main I, complaint was that he's got that very flat face. Um, which does he? Yeah, just you know, that there's some of the young or smaller male buck heads because of the size of the neck. The faces are a bit flat. It doesn't bother me. But. Mm. Okay. Oh, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I forgot to mention that when I got my stash from Mike S, I also got the last or the second wave of Iron Man Marvel Legends figures. So I've completed my Iron Monger. And what's it worth it? Hey, it's a pretty good figure, actually. I like it. Yeah, um, I don't really. I'm not fussed on the Ultron that that came in that series because it's just a repainted um, Titanium Man or whatever. But um, yeah, the Ironmonger is certainly an impressive figure. Very good. Well, I got my Star Wars Black Series One, um, which I won't talk too much about because I think it, it, that has to be a feature. Yeah. Um, but I will say. Wee! <laughs> 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 um anyway my my main I haven't actually opened them because they, they do look good don't oh, they? They look so awesome. And I don't have anywhere to display them. So but I mean it looks like it is a something that you could open and put back together. Yeah. Um yeah. so anyway but we shall talk about that shortly I imagine. And Indeed. then I also um picked up the next in the Superman uh is it called Man of Steel? 
they're called? Yeah, Superman, the Man of Steel statues, which is the same size as the Batman Black and White, and this is the Jim Lee uh, version. I didn't actually pre-order this because from the solicitations, the photo, it looked like he was exercising his super squatting power. He's um, a, a, certainly appropriately angst-ridden, isn't he, for the new generation? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I saw it in person and then got it uh, from Big Bad Toy Store um, with in, in a pile of lit, so you know, mm, not, mm. not much more shipping, because actually it looks better when you're looking at it straight on. Um, it's beautifully sculpted. Jack Matthews, you know, who does a lot of DC direct or DC collectible stuff, um, it's uh, it's a Jack Matthews sculpt, um, and it's beautifully painted. It is the kind of thing that you need to display either at eye level or above because there's no good looking down on it because of the way like he's hunched on oh, it yeah, quite yeah. a bit. But it actually, the photos don't really do the pose justice. It's much better in person. I'm not – same with the Batman Black and White um, series. I don't certainly don't get every one. I really only get the ones – where the artist really resonates for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this is significant because it is a major redesign of Superman. So, um, you know, for whatever you think of it, um, it, it's something that I kind of feel like, yeah, this belongs. And it's a nice counterpoint to the two that have already come out because the um, Frank Miller one and the Liebermeyer one are both quite tall. Mm. Um, and, well, one's flying and the other one's got the... Um, giant super extending cape powers. That's right. Um, so this one being a bit shorter actually is a nice counterpoint to that. Mm. So, so what, what what do you think of the metallic finish? How, how does that it. work? Yeah, okay. love 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 it. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's really it, it looks fantastic. It's a great um, you know it works as a as a thing. Mm. Um, I suppose although I, I've got to say like I think particularly the new fifty two costume really lends itself to it. As well, because you know it's the kind of armor idea, so that that work makes it work quite well. But I love it. Excellent. Yes. And I think that's all that we have to report. Cool. All right. Well, I think we need to award a red card. What is this bizarro world? Well, Red Carded is the Y-O-Y-O-Y point in the podcast where we decry some evil announcement or complain about something that we just don't like, uh, or we highlight stupidity. <laughs> and tonight definitely falls into that last category. I don't want to so much Red Card the person that did this. I more want to Red Card just stupidity in general, but I'll just, I'll just explain, and then we can tease it out. Last week I mentioned on the show that one of our lovely listeners gave me a minion, a little a little minion, and I had put a photo of that along with the other geek stuff on display in my office up on Facebook. Um, now, if you know Facebook and pages, you can send messages to pages now. And we get some, you know, often a lot of them are spam, but, you know, we do get some people that send a message to the page as opposed to post on the page. But we got a message um, from someone, which I won't name. I don't I have no idea who it is or if it's a, a real name, um, with the photo. 
And it started off saying, I would like to get this for free, please. <laughs> Which I thought was rather odd. And I replied and said, hey, you know, that's my display of choice at work. Can't help you, sorry. And by the way, do you often ask people to give you their belongings for free? Because that's a bit <laughs> awkward. And they replied and said, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, I replied and said, well... Oh, actually, no, not me. Some <laughs> other moron that has the <laughs> access. <Hey. laughs> no, the, <laughs> replied with something silly. Um, but uh, actually, it was very funny. Ben said, I would like this for free as well. I will swap you a red Power Ranger I have, though he has a broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair trade. Fair trade. <laughs> so then the person says, no, I don't want that. I want a Despicable Me toy. I want the Minion for free. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I suggested shoplifting. <laughs> um, anyway, I won't read the whole thing, but it, it actually went on and on with this person basically, well, I don't know, begging or um, basically saying, you know, I, I want it for free. I'll do anything. <laughs> so, you know, so basically I just don't understand people. <laughs> Neither do I. What surprises me the most about this is just a genuine lack of self-awareness. So either the person is just a complete troll, which I don't think is the case, no. uh, but in, I think it's just genuinely... I mean, it's hard to describe. I assume this person's just fairly young and, you know, well, I don't know, maybe a bit silly. But when it... When you've, you've been through that initial no sorry, no sorry phase, you know, and you've said that a few times and they just continue to persist saying, what are you talking about? You know, just give me the minion for free. Yeah. Um, and, and I just got tired of the conversation. So I threw something in and said, fine, you can have the minion for free. Just send uh, forty nine ninety five to cover the shipping and it's yours. <laughs> and then the person replied and said, what? Can I just clarify? You're going to give me the minion and give me forty nine ninety five to cover the shipping? Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. Next <laughs> um, time, refer it to Eli. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Eli would have dealt with it much more swiftly. I was he would trying, have finished it. Yeah, I was trying words. to be patient. You know, I'm I'm a teacher at heart. So I don't, you know, <laughs> so I've got a screenshot of the beginning of the conversation, which I will put in the enhanced podcast because I actually I was talking to someone in my office about it, and I had to take a screenshot just to say, look, I'm not actually making this up. <laughs> but, but you actually get this quite a bit, don't you? When you actually were reviewing things pretty regularly on the blog and you'd, you'd post them to Facebook, you'd constantly have people saying, hi, I'd like to buy this, please, yeah. as if you were some sort of shop. Yeah, that happens a lot. You know, that, uh, like, you know, I've mentioned that before, that people will send a message saying, you know, are these for sale or whatever. And when you say, no, sorry, we're not, and explain, they go, oh, thanks. And, and I've tried to help people out by saying, hey, you know, have you ever looked at Mike's Comics and stuff or a Big Bad Choice or one of our sponsors, depending on where they live? Um, but this was just a rather odd conversation. And so I believe that at some point I either got a message or a text from Ben in the week saying, this is the red card, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> it is. So unnamed, bizarre, unfortunate, stupid person, you get our red card of the week. Go away. <laughs> and go away. <laughs> and so will we. And we'll be back in a moment with our She-Hulk toy history with Reese O'Brien. Open the jaw, Grace. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, Dad, watch Ram Man. I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ram Man, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. 
Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. One of the recurring segments on our show is what we like to call the toy history, where we look at a particular character and talk about all or as many of the incarnations of them in plastic and polystone and ceramics and uh, macrame, I don't know, um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, and uh, tonight we have got a special character, but we also have a special guest. Welcome back, Reese O'Brien. Yay. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, Reese, the crowd cheers! Yay! <laughs> oh my God! I listen to them all, my fans. It, <laughs> crickets. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. All those crickets love me. <laughs> so it's very early where you are. Um, so thank you very much for getting up to talk She-Hulk with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. The last time that we had Reese on the show, and we were just discussing that Reese is actually the first return guest that we ever had. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I know. So that blackmail really worked there, mate. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Um, yeah, you now you're gonna burn those pictures, right? Yes. <laughs> um yeah, You promise. Uh, well, I promise, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um just don't leave your Skype camera on next time and it'll all be good. <laughs> yeah. Um the but but we had such a good time chatting with Reese, who of course is a um certified uh, toy nerd like the rest of us, but also a designer for Funko. Um, and we had such a good time chatting to him that we were looking for an opportunity to have him back on just to, to chat. And we talked about toy histories, talked about characters, and discovered that Reese and I both have a uh, rather um, large crush on She-Hulk. And so we decided to get Reese back to talk She-Hulk. So thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure. And what we're going to do is uh, Justin's actually going to start off with uh, – he was sharing some history with us about this character before we uh, started recording that I'm going to get him to share now. And then I've got some questions for you. So, Justin, you actually have some insights into why we even have a She-Hulk. Yeah, so – from my memory, so don't uh, send us angry stuff uh, oh, <laughs> after, well, after the episode. Send them to Justin <laughs> at actionfigureblues.com. So with the success of the Hulk, the original Hulk series, um, it was a runaway success. So TV series, uh, you mean? Yeah, TV series okay. rather. And we had the $6 million man who just after that success for that show, obviously they went on and on and they brought in um, the – the bionic woman. So with the creative sort of forces behind the Hulk, uh, Stan, the man, stepped in and said, well, let's invent a She-Hulk because if they do it in the show, Marvel will not receive any money. So they quickly invented a She-Hulk. So if they did bring a She-Hulk into the show, they'd have to pay Marvel royalties. So Stan, the man, was uh, Stan Lee, that is, was on top of his game, um, and that's why we have She-Hulk. Nice. Yeah. There you go. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's from my memory as well. So, like I said, I, I, checked, I checked Wikipedia <laughs> before I let you say it on air. It's oh, true. really? Yeah. Well, Wikipedia says it's true. Oh, well, there you go. Well, then it must be true. <laughs> Yeah, it must be true. Yeah, um, Wikipedia couldn't be wrong. No, no. <laughs> never. <laughs> um, now, what I thought I might do just to start off with is just ask each of you. What's your first kind of memory of reading She-Hulk in a comic? And then also, 
because she's obviously had a number of different incarnations um, or just takes on the character. What's your favourite? So, Ben, what about you? I've actually followed She-Hulk for quite a while. When I was a wee nipper, I couldn't get... um, (laughs) Wee nipper. When I was a wee nipper, wee lad, I couldn't get hold of the Avengers as a a pretty regular comic. I'd get sporadic issues. So I'd seen it once or twice in Avengers, but it wasn't actually until... um, she joined the Fantastic Four, and I can remember, you know, issues being done by John Byrne, and so that's when I really first started to to get familiar with the character. And then he went on to do a couple of Marvel graphic novels with She-Hulk, and uh, and I think from there it segued into um, the John Byrne solo series. And so, so I sort of followed that that transition, and, and I thought she was great. I thought she was very good. Um, in the Fantastic Four, I, I think one of my favourite issues was when um, some paparazzi. Even back then, um, she's actually sunbathing topless on top of the Baxter building and um, some paparazzi paparazzi snap a photo of her and she spends the entire issue trying to sort of get the shots blocked and all this sort of thing. And she ends up coming up with a compromise with the magazine and they print the photos, but they don't actually say that it's She-Hulk and they they touch up the images um, and they change her skin colour to sort of, you know, normal white. Oh. And that's basically what happens. And so right at the end, she's like, oh, you know, that's not a bad outcome. And then, of course, you know, Johnny Storm being Johnny Storm, written by John Byrne, says, you know, he's he's running off with the magazine and he's actually got a pair of green tinted sunglasses. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I've, I've been around her for a while. Cool. Re- Reese, what about you? Um, I guess my first... Uh, Memories of She-Hulk, I, I grabbed a stack of comic books in, from a garage sale when I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old or something. And they were, it was a real mix, you know, mix match kind of thing. And, um, there were a couple of issues of Savage She-Hulk in there when she was much angrier and she wore this rip up <laughs> little white dress, which I don't know where she got the white dress every time, but. <laughs> And, um, and I remember kind of reading through him and I'm going, okay, yeah, she's kind of cool, but I never was a huge Hulk fan. Mm. I mean, he was okay. I didn't dislike him or anything. So when I read She-Hulk, I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and I guess that was probably the first inklings of, um, like, Hey, you know what? Green women are kind of hot. So, (laughs) but, uh, but I don't remember, um, I don't remember like falling in love with the character at that point. And it wasn't until much later, um, uh, like was mentioned before, she started showing up in issues of the Avengers occasionally and showing up occasionally in Fantastic Four. So I got to know her very slowly. And it wasn't until the sensational She-Hulk in the 90s came out by John Byrne. Yeah. Um, that for some reason, I just I grabbed issue one and decided to commit to it and uh, quickly fell in love with that version of her because it was the smarter Jen Walters. You know, it was... Um, she was a lawyer and she wasn't just, oh, I'm so mad and I'm smashing things <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, I got enough mad women in my life. I mean, I like this. One. <laughs> you know, she's, uh, she was smart and she was capable and, and, and also just, you know, strong and, 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 you know, dependable. So, um, that's when I really started to kind of fall for her. Cool. Justin, what about you? Basically the same. The Avengers would have been the first um, sort of introduction to her and then the sensational as well with the wink breaking the fourth wall and the wink to the reader and the sort of uh, the inclusion of the reader to the story. That was uh, my first hmm. introduction to her. And th- threatening to rip up all your X-Men if you didn't buy her first issue. That's it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I love the um, the the final uh, issue of that series, which was I think it was number sixty. Um, went back to that and said, right, well, we had a deal. Now hand over your X Men comics, <laughs> which was great. Um, I I've told the story a couple of times about how I really got into Marvel comics because my dad had bought me some DC comics and then I got a whole huge box of comics um, from a older friend that was leaving home and they had a lot of classic Marvel stuff in there, Fantastic Four and Defenders. That's how I came to love the Defenders. And then it had Avengers stuff in there as well. Um, and it was right around that time where She-Hulk joined. And that's where I got to know her. And she was just so beautifully written in those um, early episodes, uh, episodes, hello, issues. And you know, her... Uh, relationship with Hawkeye, you know, she was always just driving him crazy, and um, yeah, it was just beautifully done. Um, big, obviously, fan of the John Byrne She-Hulk, but Peter David, even though he didn't have a long run on She-Hulk, um, his run with the the later She-Hulk series, I think, is one of the best She-Hulk runs. I mean, I'm a big Peter David fan, um, but he wrote her very well. Um, as well, I think. So, when you think about She-Hulk toys, what are your what are your favorites, Ben? What about you? Um, one of the very few Marvel Legends I don't actually own is the San Diego Comic Con um, sort of one they did some years ago, where you actually got her in her lawyer outfit with her hair um, hair up, and when you took off the the lawyer clothes, which sort of feels a bit creepy. She had the Fantastic <laughs> Four costume on underneath. Um, and I actually do like that rendition. One of the issues I've always kind of had with She-Hulk is, is that that overwhelming need to portray her as overtly muscular. Um, I've never been a, a particular fan, I think, you know, because she is a lawyer and she's intelligent, that, you know, the strength should all, you know should already be there. You shouldn't have to sort of draw her as this huge bodybuilding sort of type of woman. And I don't know. I mean, as far as figures and, and statues go, I certainly don't think they've ever really nailed her as an action figure. Um, I've got the Adam Hughes sideshow statue, and, and I love it. I think it's a really good um, rendition of her. She's sort of caught in that exact moment where she's inadvertently turned to She-Hulk while wearing her work clothes, and, of course, the change in size has caused them to rip and everything, and uh, I just think it's a great piece. <laughs> That is, that is so ironic because you have just named my two least favorite She-Hulk items. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you got a debate going, Controversy. <laughs> I I am um, I've actually reviewed that San Diego. Uh, oh no, I don't know that it's my favorite. I just yeah. think it's a fun piece. Yeah, I just not that I I really it's don't. The eyes. Yeah, the eyes and the head sculpt. Oh. It just doesn't. There's nothing in it that says She-Hulk to me because of the way that they. Did her hair, um, no. you know, it's just tied back. Da, 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 but I don't think yeah. they've ever really captured her in action figure form. No, no. Um, but see that statue for the same reason that I don't like the Batgirl dropping her batarang, um, women of the DCU cover girl statue. I don't like that She-Hulk one either because I just think it's it's kind of pre- presenting a bimbo version of a female character that actually isn't a bimbo. Um, like it's beautifully sculpted, it's beautifully designed, but I just anyway, <laughs> Reese, what do you hate about Ben? I mean, um, 
What are you? <laughs> you're not going to go on about She-Hulk being a slut, are you? And how inappropriate it is? No, 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 no. Reese, <laughs> <No. laughs> favorite favorite uh, She-Hulk toys? Um, well, you know, I'm kind of with Ben on this. Is that yay? Yet, well, a little bit. Like they get to really capture her. I feel um, in, in a lot of the toy forms. I mean, there's some really bad ones. I've only I only own four, but I've you know I'm always trying to grab more. And like the original Toy Biz one that they put out in like '95 or '96 is hideous. They made her like <laughs> manly, like big-footed, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, kind of disgusting. Yeah. Girl, you know? Bad hair day. Yeah. Oh, and a very bad hair day. She has this weird, like, kind of unicorn horn of hair. <laughs> you know, and I and I know what they were going for. They were like, "Oh, look how sexy she is. She's got this curl of hair falling down her in front of her eyes in a in a very you know, penthouse kind of way, but uh, I don't like it. Just came off corny looking, <laughs> and um, and I do agree. I don't like it when they make her too butch, mm. um, and I don't like it when they make her too slutty. Um, she's a smart woman. She's you know she's got a good job. She you know passed the bar exam. She's you know she's no joke. So I would have to say at this point in time, my favorite figure would be the latest uh, Marvel Universe uh, three and three quarter inch figure. Mm, um, yeah. The one that sold individually, where she's kind of wearing her standard new She Hulk outfit. I think the sculpt is beautiful. I think the hair on it is gorgeous. I think the face is a nice balance between you know like ladylike yet she's gonna whoop your ass if you make her mad um so i'd have to say that's probably one of my favorites Mm -hmm. the latest one i don't have the variant that came with wolverine but um that's mostly because i don't want to be stuck with another wolverine figure (laughs) (laughs) yeah you and me both (laughs) yeah it is a it's a really good um rendition justin well if we're talking six inch for me it's the um the Hasbro, one of the ones they actually have done right. At the, it has weird hips, but it's the um, the one in the modern costume. So the She-Hulk, I guess the latest one that came out in the Hasbro uh, um, Marvel Legends wave. Is that in the, the Blob wave? Yeah, the Blob wave. So that, um, that I think that figure's fine. I think that's across what you're talking about, you know, to she's overly muscly, so you're not going to like that part of it. But the face sculpt and the rest of it, it's a really nice looking figure. Yeah, it's nicely scaled too. Like she's yeah. she's got a good height to her. Indeed. Actually, I like the fact that she's smiling in this. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly because you want her to be like tough and getting ready to punch somebody. But there's yeah, there's something very Jennifer Walters about her smile in that figure. Yeah. So no love for the Marvel Select version? Um, I don't mind it. I just think, you know, as as we mentioned before, her first thing that comes to mind is Butch. I just, you know, she's got those thunder thighs happening and, yeah, she's very thick. Hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's very, it's it's almost like a statue, that particular figure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a articulation technically, but she's pretty much stuck in that pose of holding up that crunched up car. Yeah. Mm. Yep, she's that's... not green enough. Oh, <laughs> oh I agree. she isn't green enough. No, you're right. She's a very light green. Oh well, we can't have that. Uh, no, no. The the green people would be very upset. Um, <laughs> yeah. She should be an emerald. Emerald. I, I like the marble select one. I do think that it's um a bit annoying that you, you can't actually lower that uh, right hand. Um. So and she doesn't really stand up without the whole base and car thing um so you can't you can't really use the figure 
on its own will without the car. It's a really groovy diorama, um, but it takes up a lot of space. And so to just use it, have it on its own doesn't really work. Um, but I'd still say that's probably my favorite action figure ever just because I think that the, I don't she is supposed to be muscly. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, why should she necessarily be muscly? I mean, she's always been portrayed. She's a Hulk! But she's she, been she's portrayed as the most muscular. Gamma radiation! Uh, as opposed to Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman isn't filled with gamma radiation. But, you know, she's arguably as strong, so you'd think she'd have muscles to match. <laughs> Well, I think I think what it is is that there's a fine line between being kind of like you know a you know toned and a muscular woman and and being just downright you know veiny and like you know, <laughs> no, it's that's, that's true. You know, a lot of times you would see that in the comics where she would just um, the artist she would come off just like almost to the point where they were fetishizing the whole muscle woman thing. Yes, yes. And I think that's actually one of the reasons I stopped reading the title when Dan Slott was doing it because the art was being done by, I think it's Juan Bobillo or however you pronounce the name, and I really just was not a fan of the way he drew her. He he really was almost, um, you know, it was almost a, a piss take the, the way, you know, he portrayed her with the huge biceps and everything, and it's just not how I, I picture her, and so I just found it very distracting. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that for sure. Um, so in terms of action figures that we haven't talked about, what are the other highlights? I mean, she hasn't been done a zillion times, but... Oh, I certainly didn't mind the savage She-Hulk that came in the Marvel Legends Fin Fang Foom series. No. I, I think it's actually oh. re- reasonably well done. I love that one. I have this one sitting right in front of me. Uh, yeah, I got this one actually just kind of recently without the Fin Fang Foom parts because I didn't want those. Um, I bought her loose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big Build-A-Figure guy, so... I um I got her separately at uh, San Diego Comic Con just recently, and uh, yeah, that's a good one. I love this one. Yeah, funny funny story about the Fin Fang Foom Fin Fang Foom wave is that uh, I mean action figures just in general are harder to get in Australia. A lot of them never get released here, um, and Marvel Legends had a good run at retail for a while in Australia, but by the time that came around you know that it wasn't being carried at retail and then lo and behold bucket loads of the marvel legends fin fan foom series showed up at aldi in australia mm. or aldi i think you guys call it um oh you have aldi's over there yeah yeah wow. um, and uh so that's how I got mine. And my beloved wife, who was not working full-time at the time because my kids were still little and who basically hates all this stuff and would <laughs> would not cry if it, it went away, um, went all over Canberra where we were living at the time, um, going to the various Aldi's to get me a full set of the, the Fim Fim Fim. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually couldn't get away from work and I knew when they opened at 9 o'clock that there'd just be this this huge tidal wave of nerds going in there and, and picking them <laughs> yeah. up because they were so cheap. And so I called my mother up and I, and I said, you know, can, can you actually go and pick these action figures up? And, and she's like, you know, just describe them. And I'm like, you can't miss them. And she's, and she, she's like, well, which ones do I get? And I said, just get one of everything. There's, I think, you know, at the time there was eight figures. And I said, just get one of everything. <laughs> so she did, bless her. <laughs> it's an awesome wave of toys, actually. 
if you, it if you is. like the Hulk, <laughs> <laughs> if you like the Hulk, it's an awesome game of choice. Um, what else? There's a, well, I mean, we certainly had a share of dodgy uh, figures. I mean, for a while, Marvel was doing those really strange 10-inch figures oh, that dear. were made on the, the really, really cheap. And uh, I think, you know, most of us at the time were skipping the major characters like sort of Captain America and Spider-Man anyway because they were, you know, god-awful. And then they happened to go and put out a She-Hulk, which, you know, they actually managed to take themselves down another notch. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't think it was actually possible. well are you you're talking about the the, the large she hulk with kind of the bangs and everything yeah and the purple vinyl dress and <laughs> right right now, now if i remember correctly that figure was actually just a repaint of a xena the warrior princess that is figure. correct yes i remember that yeah, <laughs> and, and I remember Explains seeing it at the time. <laughs> I saw it in stores, and I went, "Oh my gosh, she hook on it!" I got this out. I was like so stoked. And then there was one that came out around the same time. I think also from Toy Biz, um, where she was it Savage She Hulk, where she had like it looked like her hair was in some sort of strange wind tunnel, and she was up against a wall, and it did this weird kind of. <laughs> This like like dark green lion mane around her head. Wow! Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's the five inch one. It's is that the five inch? Is it the five inch? You look under. Here it is. All the same. Last one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the Hall of Fame, the Marvel Hall of Fame figure. Yeah, I don't know where they get uh, Hall of Fame from. Hall of Shame. Hall of Shame. Oh, that's, that's impressive. Terrible. She's got chiefles. She actually <laughs> looks like she's um she's stepped off of Battle of Five, doesn't she? Uh, she's <laughs> half a peacock. She looks like she has the bone hood of a Tyrannosaurus or a Triceratops. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she looks like something out of the Cretaceous period. It's horrible. Yeah, but I think, oh, but at least she comes with her her trusty fluorescent purple specs crossbow fist launching accessory. Oh yeah, from issue uh. never. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, the she random like I mean she's clearly a repaint of some other existing figure because she's got like yeah. this weird like bracelet on that takes yeah. up most of her left forearm that makes no sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad when the you know there's a dodgy Ar- Argentinian bootleg that's actually better. Oh, the bendy. Yes. It's a bendy. That's right. <laughs> it's like a weird bendy one. And actually, I've got one a dodgy bootleg that's not on your list. <laughs> really. Yeah, I found this again at San Diego Comic Con recently. I was kind of having a She Hulk moment while I was there, and um, <laughs> I found a table that had a bunch of like random PVC toys all over the table. And in there was this little Savage She Hulk. She's a little, I guess she's about three inches tall. Um, she's not sculpted very well. Um, she's got a strange <laughs> face. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's like a little kind of rubbery PVC figure, and it says. Trademark and copyright 1987, Marvel Comics, Spain. So I got some sort of weird Spanish bootleg <laughs> she going on here. She's kind of cute. Yeah. She, kinda, she looks like a very muscular Winnie Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> she does. That, that that takes care of tonight's Wonder Years reference. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we get into sorry, when we get into the higher end. Um, stuff. There are a couple of busts, and Ben has put this list together, and I have actually learned about two busts I didn't know exist, one of which I would never want to own, and one of which I have to have right now. 
<laughs> so you, you can guess which is which. <laughs> mm. Bowen's done two. Um, but I didn't know that there was a Fantastic Four variant of the Bowen bust. Hmm. There you go. Well, I'm looking it up right now. Yes. They've definitely gone for the John Byrne look, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I have that other bust. I have the um, the norm- regular classic version, I guess, of that Bowen bust, but I did not know that there was a Fantastic Four variant of that bust. So I could help. There you go. <laughs> I must have it. Well, that's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's a lot of hair. Yeah, it's very John Byrne. It it's, is. It's a lot of hair. It's, yeah, it looks like kelp. <laughs> it does, and, then, and I mean that in a good way, Randy Bowen. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, we've had him on the show, and we've never had him back. <laughs> uh, see, boom! Take that, Randy Bowen. Boom! <laughs> yeah, no, only because we've never thought of another reason to bother him again. Um, but then I also Ben's also introduced me to the Diamond. Oh God! Select modern She-Hulk, Bustin. It's horrible. Why is she really? Wearing you think so? Yes. Don't you? She she looks uh, like she's well, got something stuck in her eye. No, what? she's winking. Well, I know she's that. like, hey, <laughs> what's up, handsome? <laughs> I'm a lawyer, but I also punch things. Hey, that's what she's doing. It's playful, it's cute. Yeah, but she looks like she's got something stuck in her eye. <laughs> I like it. I think it's kind of cute. I like. I uh. I think it's playful. Um, I'm not a huge bust guy anyway. Well, I mean, I am. You know what I mean? But <laughs> just, you know, as, as a collector, I'm not really into the... I'm not really into statues either. But for, for this one, I think this one's actually kind of cute. Yeah, I mean, I am I prefer full size to bust depending... Like, for something like this. Um, but there you go. I'm in no danger of needing to buy that one. And then there are the statues. We've already talked about the Adam Hughes... Statue, divisive one. Yeah. No, that it's divisive. I it is. I hate wrong. it. But you were just wrong. I think we cleared that up. <laughs> I'm a dead of fighting. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. Um, but then. Well, wait, say, why don't you like it? I don't like it because I don't like women being portrayed as dumb. And, oh, I see. Yeah, and it's the same as probably if you're not a statue person. Uh, the DC direct cover girls statue line, which was all Adam Hughes design. I have every single one except for the Batgirl, which is basically this same thing, but it's her dropping a batarang and mm. doing the same oopsie kind of pose. And I just don't like it because I don't like women being portrayed as dumb. So there you go. I can understand that. Yeah. I, I think though, what, it, what he's playing on is. Uh, the tradition of old pinup art where yeah. yes, women are always dropping something or spilling something and they're going, Oh jeepers. Yeah. And it makes men <laughs> like, Oh, that girl needs me. She can't hold her. <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean, I kind of agree with you, but I also see what Adam Hughes is trying to do. Oh, it's sure, cute. Yeah. It's pinup. Um, and it's probably not as misogynistic as it comes off. Um, of course this is coming from a guy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pre- <laughs> the sideshow premium format She-Hulk to yeah, me right. is the She-Hulk collectible. Yeah, it's not right. It's just it's, a costume. It's all right. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Okay. This is the um, it it's a take take on 
the cover of Peter David's first She-Hulk issue. Um, I can't remember who the artist was. Adi Granov? Mm, yeah, possible. Um, but, you know, I, I used to own this sob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lost it in a poker game. <laughs> no, I had to make some hard collection decisions when I moved house, and it wasn't about money. It was about space and um, just <clears throat> life. And I had to part with my Marvel ladies premium formats. Wow. He, yeah, so it's a bit sad, but actually, his wife smashed it like the leg lamp. The <laughs> <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> she was walking something. No, it was a. They paid for. They paid for um, the blinds in this new house, so I can't really complain. Well, yeah. <laughs> can't complain. I, I would say your statue is based on the art of Mike Diodato. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I know it's definitely uh, the takeoff of the that first issue where Peter David took over that last She-Hulk series, mm. um, and uh, that's definitely my favorite. But Bowen has done a couple of full-size ones as well, a classic, a modern She-Hulk actually, not classic, with a Fantastic Four variant, um, which is very nice. King's Comics in Sydney has had this Fantastic Four She-Hulk for ever, um, yeah. for ridiculous prices, like all of their statues. Um, yeah. <laughs> if they ever marked it down, I might buy it. But <laughs> well, it's one that actually doesn't really hold much of a price on eBay. They they turn up now and then. And yeah, they they're do. not particularly expensive. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and then Dynamic Forces. Now, here I didn't know about these either. Oh, I don't like that. No. No. This comes back to that whole, I don't think they've ever really sort of captured it properly. So Are we talking the, about the one where she's in her, like, kind of flexing her arms up yeah, in the air? Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's the whole, you know, bodybuilder scene. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Scene. Yeah, I don't, I, that's not She-Hulk to me. Yeah. yeah it's not, um, hasn't sold me that one. And what is she standing on? Is she like on the, is she like on the set of like Lord of the Rings or something? Peter Jackson. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna be over here on this elven column flexing. She's just taking time out from the Miss yeah. Olympia contest or something. <laughs> I was just I was just winning this bodybuilding contest. Do you mind if I stand over here on this on this dwarven coffin? <laughs> but I mean the. The Savage She-Hulk one's even worse. Like, she's up on her tiptoes. She really does look like she's posing on stage. <laughs> well, that's the one I'm talking about. Mm, mm. See, yeah. see, like, the weird golden elven script below? <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. Mm. It is bizarre. Speak, friend, and enter, it says. <laughs> <laughs> now, is so there weird. Any, anything weird She-Hulk in, in the She-Hulk? Oh, what? Ben's found something weird. Ben's found a My Little Pony She-Hulk. Please tell me that's a custom. <laughs> uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I really didn't feel the need to research it that in depth. Okay. Yeah, I, I really hope so. <laughs> mm. I think that's a custom. Yeah, it's got to be a custom. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we have crazy moments at work sometimes where we start, we go down a rabbit hole of looking at weird customs and stuff, and we do work on the My Little Pony license. Um, so we have found some really strange custom ponies out there. Uh, this yeah. one doesn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like this one's really kind of innocuous and safe and cute. I mean, there's there's some disturbing ones out there. Yeah, yeah. The, oh. it, it amazes me, like what the bizarre things that people will do with toys. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a guy, there's a dude on eBay who takes all the you know the little eagle moss, um, lead figurine things that come with the magazines. He takes all the fem- oh, right. female ones and repaints them naked and sells them on eBay. What? I, yeah. <laughs> I shit you not. But what's actually <laughs> scary is people are obviously buying them, so he keeps doing it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I mean, seriously, that guy needs a girlfriend. You know, I like a subscription to Match.com and just hope he finds somebody, for Christ's sake. I agree. That's the weirdest thing ever, man. Like, I wouldn't pay for those. I just paint them myself. <laughs> That's right. Why would you pay someone to do it when you perfectly easy to do it yourself? <laughs> You're just in the background scrambling to throw a towel over his naked girl. <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? I don't have that. Is are all male? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the Eagle Moss figure, the, the She-Hulk one actually isn't too bad. Ah, oh, we didn't include that, did we? No, just depends, but that's probably a uh, you know an in-house one. The painting, isn't it? The paint apps are never good on these no. uh, these little things. No, no. I, I went through a a moment of thinking that I was going to collect these until I actually got a couple and then realized just how dire the, <laughs> the paint is on them. And then you bought some flesh-colored paint. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I got a whole new career. I went to your money back. That's right. And uh, now I work from home. And <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. Um... <laughs> now, did this company do a bunch of DC ones? Well, they did, yes. E- Eagle Moss. They did. Yeah, okay. yeah. They they've just actually a wrapped up. Circle in a big barda that is in the style, but I can't remember the name of the company. Yeah, that would be Eagle Moss. That prolific, absolutely prolific. They've just um, oh, it is. yeah, they've just finished. Um, they they've just wrapped up, but they well, they're doing some Batman chess ones and stuff now. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah. which actually are, um, you know, not bad. The, I have the well, I have I have the katana, um, one of that because I'm a katana fan, and I didn't have to buy a Wonder Woman in a two pack to get that one. Um, <laughs> so, not that I'm bitter. So anyway, I think we're sufficiently sidetracked now to say that we covered. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. No, no, Back to I'm, I'm no, I'm the one that was talking about um, naked eagle moss statue. Um, yeah. So. And I tried to steer towards Big Barda, so yeah, invite right. me back for that episode. That, that's right, yeah. <laughs> hey, now speaking of Funko, wh- where's the um, where's the She-Hulk pop vinyl? Oh my God, I've tried several times during creative meetings. I always bring her name up, and she always gets kind of a, well, yeah, maybe. So she always kind of gets put on the maybe list. Um, oh. She's never on the definitely not list. Oh, okay. Um, well, very few characters do get on that list, but uh, I keep pushing. So one of these days, it's going to happen. Good on you. So, w- which one's going to get there first, Big Barda or She Hulk? Oh, definitely She Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> because when when you're talking to my boss, you have to like have 
a, a backup argument. So he's got to be like, well, is she popular? And I'll go, well, look, she's had several issues, you know, volumes of her own comic and stuff like that. And there was almost a TV movie with Brigitte Nielsen, you know, <laughs> I, that thing. and he'll go, oh, OK. But if I say Big Bart, I'll be like, oh, she's the wife of this dude who's had his own comic. It ain't gonna <laughs> it ain't gonna she once made a porno with Superman. You know, that's never. <laughs> yeah, not really. Coming with... Look it up. Yeah. No, no, no selling points there. I can see. All right. Well, we'll look forward to She-Hulk in, in the near future. Yeah, I'll keep trying. <laughs> well, Reese, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun. It's always a pleasure. It's great to um, do an interview with someone and then make a friend and find some like minds out there in the toy design world. Oh, absolutely. Same to you. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, I'm sure that we'll find another uh, excuse to bring you back somewhere down the line, and then you can be the only person to be invited back twice. <laughs> Oh, I feel like it's the five timers club on Saturday night live, you know, like I'm Steve Martin. <laughs> you are. Like I just want to get to a certain level. That's so right. bring me back. If we ever talk about Mr. Miracle or Conan, the barbarian Ooh. or Conan's a good idea. We've got to do one. That's not DC or, or Marvel soon. Hmm. Uh, so, well, and he's technically dark horse now. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> sure is awesome. Thank you so much, Reese. And uh, that wraps up Thank our she Hulk toy history we will be right back in a moment with some feedback before we close off the show you can bring home the adventure of disney's toy story now on video with the talking and posable figures of woody and buzz lightyear my name's woody buzz lightyear i come in peace cool he goes in the dark meet intergalactic buzz lightyear his new spacesuit protects him from evil proton rays and comes equipped with a flip-up arm communicator buzz lightyear to the rescue Buzz Lightyear and Woody figures are each sold separately. Batteries are included from Thinkway. Well, as always, we like to finish off this show with a bit of feedback. And if you would like to have a question or a comment read out on the show, then you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, comment on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can tie a note to a bat and throw it at Ben. Um, it's, it's really up to you. Um, this was received via email. We still had lots more feedback about the Toy Guru, um, episode, but we covered that last week. So just got one nice bit of non-toy, well, not totally Toy Guru related feedback this week. And Justin's going to read it out. Okay. So via the email from Jordy, it says, it reads, uh, Hey guys, discovered hit your show when you interviewed Toy Guru and have now gone back and listened to quite a few of your most recent shows. Uh, great show, guys, and definitely have a new. You definitely have a new subscri- subscriber. One thing I specifically wanted to mention was that your sound quality is really good. I started listening to a lot of geek podcasts and then had to give up because the sound was bad or the levels were way out. Are you using professional equipment or what? Signed, Geordie. Mm. <laughs> I'm using Scott's secondhand <laughs> snowball. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I, I said it. Snowball blue. <laughs> we we started off with um dodgier microphones. Some of us very dodgy mm. um microphones, and we record on Skype because we're spread out all over the place. But we have all upgraded microphones, um, and the microphone makes a lot of difference. I think. It does, and I mean, it's not like we've we've spent 
billions on equipment. I think yeah. I've, I've got a blue snowball as well, and I think I picked mine up for about 120 bucks. Yeah. I have the. I got mine for free. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, I said, Scott, is that a picture of your snowball? Can I have it for free? <laughs> <laughs> and Scott said, no, you have to shoplift it. <laughs> That's right. <Sorry. laughs> oh, dear. This is just going bad places. Um, the I have a Yeti microphone, which is also made by Blue, um, and they are their podcasting microphones. I used to have a Snowball, but um, I was finished with it, so I gave it to Justin. Um, the the mainly to stop Justin from buying ten dollar ones from Kmart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know if you want me back for another show. You, I was filling in for um, Andy on the first one. I never thought I'd come back. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go, and 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 here we are, episode here eighty. <laughs> um, the we we do use uh, Audacity to edit. And we remove noise from that. And then we use a handy little uh, free program called Levelator, which I would love it if every podcast that I listen to use as well, because what that does is it just levels out the the sound. So we, we get the levels as right as we can, but then Levelator makes it, you know, the last thing that I want to do when I'm listening to a podcast is to have to turn the volume up and down depending on who's talking. Um, which happens occasionally. Um, so, yeah, it's not too much work, but thank you very much for that feedback. It's good to hear. Indeed. Cool. Thank you. And we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> well, thanks again to our friend Reese O'Brien, the first two-time guest on the AFB podcast. <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you to Ben and Justin for another great show. Thanks, thanks guys. Baby. Good job. And, um, yeah, call your mom and see if she's okay. Excelsior. Family spayed or neutered. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.